appreciate that singing, piano playing, choir singing. It's all been good so far tonight. Yes. Start out with an apology to the media. I give them the wrong scripture. Scripture is Malachi 3.6. <laughs> Malachi 3.6. And the other verses we will read, but it's not the opening verse. So preach a message I titled, Five Things That Cannot Be Done. Five things that cannot be done. And that scripture in Malachi 3, 6. You just admit, as, as easy as that one is to remember where it's at, it's very hard to find. It seems like you can find Matthew, but it's hard to find Malachi. It just seems to be that way. Uh, but Matthew, Malachi 3, 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for being an unchanging God. Yes, Lord, as even as the brother said, Lord, something we can have confidence in. Yes. And Lord, we can have confidence in your unchanging word yes. and your unchanging attributes, Lord. your unchanging love for us. Help us tonight, Lord, as we try to bring a message, Lord, to help each and every one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we know that there's some things that God does, and there's some things that God will do for us, and there's some things that he allows us to do, but there are some things that we, no one, can do. Right. They cannot be done. And one thing, Christ cannot be crucified again. Hebrews 9, 25 through 28. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. Now, if you're a student of the Old Testament, you know that every year after the Passover, uh, that uh, the priest would go in and offer a sacrifice of blood uh, to cover the sins of the people. But Christ's blood did not cover our sins, but it washed our sins away. Amen. Verse 26, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. I am fully confident that Christ died on the cross for my sins. He, would, he come to this earth for that very thing. All the things that he did, all the good things that he did on this earth, the one thing that he came for was to die on the cross and shed his blood to pay for our sins. He didn't come to do it every year because his sacrifice was not as a sacrifice of the lambs and the goats and the turtle doves. That covered, as I said, it washed away our sin because he had perfect blood, sinless right. blood. Amen. 
And that was the requirement to take away the sins of the world. You know, if Satan could have done it, he would have stopped the first coming of Christ. He would have done whatever he could have to stop Christ from being born in that manger. He would have, he would have killed Mary. He would have stopped them on the way. He had done something. He'd, if he could have, he even tempted Jesus after he was grown uh, to try to get him to sin. Uh, whatever he could have done, he would have done it if he could have stopped that first coming. But he could not do that. He could not change the first coming. He cannot, he cannot change what has happened. He cannot change the fact that every person's sin has been paid for. You. you know, as I said, in the temptation in the wilderness, if Satan, he didn't care what Jesus did, if he could just do him, if he could have gotten him to do one thing outside the word of God, we wouldn't have had a salvation. One thing outside the word of God. But what did Jesus use to counteract Satan? The word of God. So what can we use to counteract temptation? The word of God is what we need to use. We, have the, we should be so thankful for the word of God. So thankful that we have God's word. So thankful for the martyrs that died so that we could be able to read the word of God. You know, they had the word of God hundreds of years, but 99.9% of the people couldn't read it. Now we have it. We can read. If you can't read, you can hear it. There's no reason in the United States not to have the Word of God, to be able to hear or read the Word of God. And in that, it tells us what Christ did for us. And so Satan couldn't stop it. So he tried to convince the Jews to kill Jesus. Many times we have in the Word of God where they rushed upon him. To kill him, they tried to throw him over the cliff. They tried all sorts of ways. They were going to destroy him is what they wanted to do, but they couldn't do it. It says he disappeared out of their midst. He was just gone because he's God. He's God. See, they didn't recognize him as God, so they thought they, had, they could outsmart him. They could, they could outmaneuver him. They could out, their strength was stronger, but it wasn't because he was God. But they couldn't kill him. So Satan couldn't stop the first coming, and he has no more chance of stopping the second coming as he did the first coming. Revelation 19 and 11. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Yes. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. He's going to come again. You know, when we read this, it sounds, well, well that's sort of strange, you know. Well, being born of a virgin in a uh, manger is sort of strange too. We believe he came the first time. 
We know he came the first time. It's, it's not only a spiritual truth, a biblical truth. It is a historical fact right. that Jesus came the first time. He's coming the second time. Right. He came the first time exactly the way the Word of God said he was coming. He'll come the second time exactly the way the Word of God said he's coming. Yes. Right. And he's going to come. We didn't know when he was coming the first time exactly, and we don't know when he's coming the second time exactly, but that does not decrease the fact that he's coming. He cannot be stopped. Number two, the fruit of Christ's work cannot be corrupted. 1 Peter 1 and 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Yes, In our Sunday school, we just went over, uh, we're going over some attributes of God and, and some, uh, I can't think of the word of it now, the word to call it, metaphors of God. The Bible uses to explain God and to show us how to live. And it uses the metaphor of farming, of growing and a metaphor of a plant. And in Sunday school, I, I had a, on the screen, I had a, a diagram, a drawing of a seed, a seed sprouting, the seed breaking through the ground, and then a plant. Because the seed did what? It became a plant. Now, the plant will never be a seed again. You, don't, you can't go backwards. Right. And the germination of that seed, when it becomes a plant, it will never be a seed again. Just like when we were, we're born again, we're never going back, never going back to being unborn. Right. Never going back to being lost. It is a permanent thing. It is the incorruptible word of God. If we were saved, if we were born again by man's word, we could be lost. If we were born again by our own power, we could be lost. If we were born again by some king's word, we could be lost. But we're born again by the word of God, and we will always be born again. We will always be saved. The fruit of Christ's word cannot be corrupted. Matthew 16, 18, I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Right. I guess I might use some uh, Sunday school illustrations. I don't know how many more times, but we'll do it again. Uh, a couple of lessons back, or a couple of lesson books back, we uh, talked about being on the offense, that Christians need to be on the offense, not the defense. And it seems like that when we read this scripture right here, I'm going to read it again. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And Pastor brought this out also recently. The gates are not an offensive weapon. The gates are a defensive weapon. The church is the offensive weapon. And the gates of hell shall not prevent us, shall not stop us from doing what God wants us to do. Although they may try, Satan cannot do it. He cannot stop us if we are willing to do what God says to do. 
In Revelation 1.18, it says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and death. They, the gates of hell cannot prevail against us because Christ has the key to the gates of hell. He has control of the gates of hell. He is totally in control of hell. He's totally in control of heaven. He's totally in control of this earth. And he come and he died the first time. He shed his blood on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And those that come to him can be saved. And those that are saved will always be saved. You cannot go back from being a plant back to the seed. You cannot go from being saved back to unsaved. Romans 8, 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I like the finality of the Word of God. The Word of God doesn't leave any crevices or cracks for Satan to creep through and say, oh, right here, right here, right here is where it's wrong. It's wrong. You can't. This is the way you lose it right here. These two verses cover everything, and if they didn't cover everything, it ends with any other creature, any other thing, anything. There's nothing that can stop the Word of God from working. That can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you are trusting in the finished work of Calvary, to forgive your sins, you will be in heaven one day. There's nothing, not me, not you, nobody, nothing can stop that from taking place. No one can corrupt God's work. No one can corrupt the fruit of his work once it has been birthed. Number three, God's word cannot change Amen. Psalm 119 89 forever O Lord thy word is settled in heaven wow. and it is now you could I hope you don't but you could take this Bible and you could burn it you could destroy it you could shred it you could take every Bible in here you could take every King James Bible in the whole world and destroy them but you wouldn't destroy the word of God That's right. because it's settled in heaven I hope that you understand how precious this King James Bible is. All the people that gave their lives for this Bible, all the people that gave their lives to the translation into the English language. It wasn't two or three. It wasn't a couple of hundred. It was thousands and thousands that died so you could have the word. And I hope you also understand, and if you don't know, I wish you would study it, the other versions of the Bible, and I'm going to make this quick. You could talk about it all night. The other versions of the Bible, they are all, the background of all of them and the translations is by men that were lost. Yeah. 
Now, why would you trust a translation of the Bible that was based on definitions and research of lost people? Right. No use whatsoever, is it? But we have the word of God. It cannot be changed. John 1 and 1. And th this is why we know that the word of God can't be changed. If we believe the word of God, we can, we can know that it can't be changed. One, it says it's settled. But John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So you can't change the word without changing God. And you can't change God. And verse 14 of John 1, And the Word was made flesh, and that, of course, is Jesus Christ, and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, actually, if you're saying that you can change the Word of God, you're saying that you could go back and erase the birth of Christ. Because He is the Word. You have to change him, and you can't do that. God's word is part of his DNA, so to speak. That's uh, uh, maybe a bad term to use. I don't know. But he is the word of God. Amen. You know, people say, well, you can use different versions. You can, uh, some of them are almost like the King James, and it's really very simple. And many of you have heard this before. Things that are different are not the same. Amen. It's that simple. Amen. Now, if this one's right, Amen. anything different can't be right. right. That's just practical. You have to be completely impractical to say that two Bibles are right. And because the Word is special, because the Word is God, we need to hear the preaching of the Word of God. Yes, right. We need to hear it because the Bible says that the power is in the preaching of the Word of God. Yes, Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Right, amen. Preacher, how do I increase my faith? By hearing the Word of God. Amen. By reading the Word of God. Being in Sunday school and hearing the Word of God taught. Being in preaching, hearing the Word of God preached. The Word of God is the only thing that can increase your faith. Now you, it, you can be encouraged by people that live for God. But if you want your faith increased, it's going to have to come from the Word of God. You see, because if I encourage you in God's work and I fail, your encouragement's lost. But if, you're, if you increase your faith with the Word of God, it'll never fail. And not a TV preacher. Not just any preacher. Make sure they're preaching the word of God. Right. Come on, good. Now I know there's preachers on TV that preach the word. There's churches around here that have a, a TV program. Right. But these multi-million dollar fancy, they're not preaching the word. As soon as you hear them not preaching the word, they, if, if, if they even open the word of God and they... You turn to where they're at, and it sounds like they're reading out of Sears. Cut them off. Just cut them off. You don't. You don't really. We don't need that in our ears. We don't. We don't need to hear it because when we know it's wrong, just turn it off. 
and not to worship at home. Hey, thank the Lord for live streaming during COVID. Thank the Lord for live streaming now for those that can't be here. But you know what it's for? For those that can't be here. Not for those that can be here. For those that can't be here. And not to worship at home or in the woods with nature. That sounds good, don't it? I can worship God in nature. It sounds good, but it's a bunch of baloney. That's the only thing wrong with it. Now, I'm not saying you can't go out in the woods to get alone. Maybe that's where you pray at. That's fine. But we have to remember Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Would you say there are some forsaking today? There are some forsaking tonight right here. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. We ought to be encouraging one another to attend the house of God. We ought to, and you know the best way to encourage some way to, somebody to attend the house of God is to attend the house of God. Because when you're not attending, you're voting to close it. If you get elected to county commission, you don't show up when they vote. You're saying, don't matter. When you don't show up and you can be here, you say, well, it's really not that important. I know, there's people, I know you get sick. I know you need time of rest and vacation. The body needs that. But when you can be here, you ought to be here. I didn't say it was forsaking the assembling. God said it was forsaking. 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 We need to understand what that word means. Try, no, don't, don't, I'm going to change this. Don't try forsaking your spouse. That's not good. You know that's not good. Well, it's worse to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Number four, you cannot come to Christ without the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of people going to end up in hell because they intended to get saved one day. And the one day never came. Their last day came before that one day. John 6, 44, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up. At the last day. Always Jesus pointed to the Father. And always the Holy Spirit points to Jesus. If If you ever hear anybody. I don't care if they do read out of the King James Bible. And they say that God is not promoting. I mean Jesus is not promoting God. And the Holy Spirit is not promoting Jesus. Turn them off. There's never a time. That That's what the word of God does. We can't come to Christ without the wooing of the Holy Spirit, the convicting of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason why when we're teaching in Sunday school, and this is, I I don't know where to say it's more important, 
Yeah, I guess it's more evident maybe in teaching young children. And you've heard pastors say this before. It's not just telling stories. That's right. It's not just telling stories. But it's quoting and reading scripture to them. Amen. Your story or the story out of some book may be very good. But it's not the word of God. The word of God is powerful. Your story is not powerful. It doesn't have the power of the Holy Spirit. The word of God has the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to use, read and quote scripture. Children need first hand information. Now we have elections coming up. And next, this coming November... They'll have all sorts of things, and they'll say this is happening, this is happening, that's happening, and then they'll put it on a news reporter, and he'll tell you what you need to think. Right? He'll tell you, he'll tell you what they want you to think. That's happened. I guess that happens in the news every day just about it. Children need firsthand information. To explain the Word of God to them is fine, but include the Word of God. They need to hear the Word of God. Adults need to hear the Word of God. Amen. We need to read and quote Scripture when witnessing. Right. It allows the Holy Spirit to convict. Now, I know that we pass out tracts, we knock on doors, we give tracts, we try to speak to them, and most of the time, you don't even get that far. But once you get far enough where they're allowing you to talk to them, use the Scripture. Hey, if you have to read it off the back of the track, that's okay. Right. Let them hear. Let them hear the word of God. Right. Scripture will draw or repel. It will not be dead. Right. It's going to do one or the other. It's going to draw them to Christ or push them away from Christ. Right. Number five. You cannot be stopped from being saved if you want to be saved. John 3, 16 through 18 and 36. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We read this this morning. The world, you're part of the world. Whosoever, you're part of whosoever. Whosoever believed in him should not perish. Because it's believing. It's faith in Christ. It's not doing something for him. Now, if doing something is what got you to heaven, you could be stopped. I don't care what it is, you could be stopped. If it costs something, you could be stopped. Verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's right. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, Amen. because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Amen. See, the devil, the world, wants you to think that there's something that you have to do Either, if they can convince you of either one, 
if they can convince you that there's something you have to do to get to heaven, they got you. If there's something they can convince you that you have to do to go to hell, they got you. Because you don't have to do anything to go to hell. And there's nothing you can do to get to heaven because Christ has already done it. There's no work that you can do to get to heaven. And no one is good enough without Christ not to go to hell. John 3 and 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. Jesus Christ died on the cross, shed his blood for our sins. He paid for our sins. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. If we believe what Jesus did, if we trust in him, we can be saved. If we truly believe. Satan would like each lost person right now, he would like to be able to put them in hell. It's only the grace of God that's keeping them alive. Satan would have, if you're here saved tonight, Satan would have loved to cause your death before you got saved. But he couldn't. Why? Because of the grace of God. God's grace is all that's stopping Satan. It's holding him at bay. It's allowing us time. It's allowing people that are lost the opportunity to be saved. And number six, you cannot change the plan of salvation. You cannot change the plan. You can't, you can't insert an extra point. You can't take part of it away. Christ has finished the work. Christ died on the cross. And when we hear the word, when we understand that Christ died on the cross, the Holy Spirit convicts our hearts of our sin. We're convicted of our sins. We know that we're a sinner. And once we know we're a sinner, we must confess what Christ has done, that he has paid the sin debt, that he has paid for our sins. And once we confess there is a repentance, there, is a, there must also be a repentance, a change of heart. There has to be a desire to do what God would have us to do instead of what we want to do. There has to be a desire to live for God instead of live for Satan. There is a change in our heart if there is true confession. And a change of heart brings about a change of life. It brings about a, a new life, being born again when we repent of our sins, when we confess to Christ and repent of our sins. There will be changes. We will change. If there's no change, there's no salvation. Right. It'll change the way we talk. It'll change the way we act. It'll change the way we think. Now, there are some people that get saved, and you knew them before they got saved, <clears throat> and they were wicked, and they changed. Well, I can see the change in their life. You might see a 10-year-old kid, or a 10-year-old kid. They get saved. You don't see no change. You don't see a change. But they know there's a change in their heart. The individual knows there's a change in their heart. If you're relying on a profession that didn't change you, you need to research that profession out. You need to check that out. Because if you didn't change, there's not something you could change. I've had people tell me, I know I'm saved. I told you this morning. One guy told me, I know I'm saved because my mama told me I was. 
You, you, you could not convince him of anything else because his mama had already died and whatever she said was it. But there's a change. You, if you don't know when you got saved, if you don't know something happened, nothing happened. You know, I was 13. My wife was even much younger than that. We weren't out in wide open sin. You know, we weren't out drinking and you know, shooting people and all that stuff. But there was a change in our heart when we got saved. I'm thankful to have gotten saved at that young age. I really don't think if I hadn't got saved that week that I got saved, I wouldn't have got saved. Now, God could have done it. I'm not saying God can do it. I'm just saying I don't see an opportunity after that in my life. And God could have worked it out. But I never see another point in my life where I would have gotten saved. So do you know Christ is your Savior? Do you have the, uh, the confidence in the Word of God? Do you have confidence that there's some things that God has said in place that cannot be changed? Do you have confidence that the Word of God cannot be changed? Let's stand to our feet. As Susan comes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>